Hello to all the parents and possibly speech and language students out there that are listening. My name is Diana Paula Jimenez, and I'm a speech and language pathologist. And I'm really excited to finally be able to talk about what I love to do, which is speech and language therapy, and be able to reach more people than just the families that I see in my practice. I will quickly go over my background. I have my private practice in Miami, Florida, in the area of Cora Gables. And I graduated from my master's in speech and language pathology from Nova Southeastern University in the year 2000. But prior to that, I worked as a speech and language assistant for three years. So I've been practicing for about 25 years now, and definitely time flies. So I first started in the school setting, and then I moved into the hospital setting where I worked with adults and children. Then, after finishing my day in the hospital, I would go to work with patients in a private practice. And then I continued working in a hospital setting, coupled with some additional hours in a private practice setting, up until I opened my own private practice in 2015. So, why did I want to do a podcast? <laughs> I've been thinking for a while now of how I can reach more people than just who I see in my private practice. Because helping a child at a young age can significantly improve their speech and language skills, no matter what their diagnosis is, and help them reach their maximum potential, which of course is what all the parents want for their child. So at first I was thinking if I should open a school or maybe develop a bigger clinic, but then that would still limit the amount of people in need that I could help. And I know that therapy can be an expensive journey, and that surely is impeding some parents from reaching out for help. You may be concerned about how your child's language is developing or you're noticing some behaviors that don't seem as part of normal development and would like to consult a professional, but you're not able to incur this expense at this time. And then another issue is that a parent may, ha that a parent may have is that it's too difficult for them to coordinate an appointment due to their daily personal schedule. So you may be working long hours or taking the kids to all their extracurricular activities, and it gets difficult to incorporate a therapy session into your schedule. So there are many, there's also many children who would really benefit from tips that can be worked on at home. Even for those children that are being seen in a therapy office, but need some assistance with carrying over the skills into the home setting. I'm sure there are many parents out there that are frustrated because their child is doing well during the therapy sessions, but they don't seem to be seeing those results, same results at home or in school. So I'll be going over some techniques that will help in carrying over those skills in upcoming episodes. So in a nutshell, I created this podcast for all of you parents out there that are having doubts on if your child's language is developing appropriately or not. You can listen in on the episodes and you can determine if specialized intervention is needed, if it can be worked on at home, and how. Now, these episodes will focus on different diagnoses, treatments, how to work on them at home, and things to consider, such as sensory issues, feeding issues, and much more, such as case presentations. I'll be doing some of those. So we have a lot to talk about in all of the upcoming episodes. I will aim for an episode every two weeks. Then at the end of each episode, I will give you my contact information. And if you have a question, you can email me. And for a small fee, I will provide you with helpful information and may possibly use your question in an upcoming episode to elaborate more on that issue. 
In this episode, I will give you an overview of the basics of speech and language deficits and important things that you need to that need to be considered if one is suspecting that a child may not be developing their language skills appropriately. And it may not be you as a parent. As a parent, you may be thinking that your child is developing perfectly fine, but you, the teacher of your child is seeing something differently in the classroom. So let's begin with explaining the differences between speech and language. Speech is the words that are said. So articulation problems and distortions are considered speech delays. Language skills are those skills that are developed using your cognitive skills of problem solving, inferencing, comprehension of language, and how the information is interpreted, and so on. Development of play skills are also crucial because they parallel the development of language. So there will definitely be an episode or two dedicated to play skills due to their extreme importance in the development of a child's language. So what is considered too young or too old for speech and language intervention? This depends on the diagnosis. You definitely do not want to be addressing basic articulation issues on a child three years old or younger, such as frontal lisp. However, there are some articulation issues that are due to underlying deficits, such as low muscle tone that could be affecting the tone of their lips and tongue. So that should be a factor when determining if intervention is appropriate or not. Then there are the children who are demonstrating language and play deficits, and that definitely early intervention is the way to go in order to reach their maximum potential. So what's expected during the development of speech and language skills? Let's start by saying that every child develops at their own pace, but there are skills that should be present no matter what their pace of development is. These skills are engagement and joint interaction, reactions to interactions, eye contact, and vocal play during joint interaction. So ideally, you would like, for instance, to see a two-year-old playing with his or her toys with some meaning and appropriateness and babbling at times, possibly even using babbling mixed with real words. You would like to see the child engage visually with the parent or a family member that's there with them and show some joy at creating connections with others. Okay, but what about their comprehension? Comprehension is, is actually fundamental as well. So first things first, we need to make sure that their hearing is fine. Hearing skills are checked at birth, but can be affected by fluid in the middle ear due to ear infections. So this fluid in the ear can cause distortions of sounds that are heard, in turn affecting the way the child produces the speech, as well as result in having difficulty understanding speech. So there are cases in which this child seems like if they're not understanding speech, but what is really happening is that they're just not hearing it well, and it's causing confusion. So a parent or a teacher may be thinking, oh my goodness, you know, this child is not understanding what I'm telling him or her, or, you know, but actually it's not that they're not hearing it, or, or that they don't care. It's just that they're not hearing it correctly, <laughs> so, or clearly. So if your child seems to be having difficulty under speech or having difficulty pronouncing sounds, it's best to first get their ears checked to discard an ear infection. 
if their ears are if their ears and their hearing are fine then you would want to know why your child is demonstrating this difficulty with following instructions or not appearing engaged when spoken to or when people are speaking around them i've had parents think that their child is just being stubborn and that's why they don't respond when being spoken to and that of course would be the ideal reason but often it is due to them not being able to process the information that you are stating or they are not putting the appropriate interest in what others are communicating to them. So that would need to be looked into because that will likely result in difficulty learning. Now, if the comprehension is fine, but their speech sounds are distorted, then it would need to be determined if those distortions are age appropriate. So for instance, the all very common gliding of the R, for example, the word running is pronounced as wanting. And oh, that's so cute when my child talks like that. <laughs> and actually it is cute. And this error is referred to as gliding of the R or of the L sound. And it's considered developmental until about the age of seven. However, if you have the R affected along with several other sounds, then chances are the errors may not be developmental and can possibly be an articulation disorder or a phonological disorder, depending on the types of errors that are being demonstrated. A parent also needs to realize that a speech and or language deficit will very likely affect the child's social skills. Difficulty understanding speech will make it difficult for the child to actively engage with peers. Reduced play skills will also result in social issues. So when it comes to articulation issues, a child can become self-conscious and limit their social interaction or they may have difficulty communicating with their peers because the peers aren't able to fully understand them. Also, a common problem that is seen in a child with a language deficit is behavioral problems. Very often you will see a behavioral component when a child is having difficulty communicating. And I'm sure there are many parents out there that have been told that their child has behavioral issues. This is difficult to hear because then you have to try and make sense of it. You know, why is my, my child behaving so badly? Why does he or she not want to do what he's told? And so on. And a bunch of things run through your mind as to why your child is misbehaving. And of course, there are kids who misbehave just because, you know, they're mischievous. And that's as far as it goes. So, however, you need to keep in mind that children with language deficits often exhibit behavioral problems, mainly out of frustration. Then touching again on social issues, um, you have the social and what we refer to as pragmatic skills, which will get affected due to language and cognitive deficits. So pragmatic skills basically means how you use the language that you have. So for instance, if a child has difficulty with initiation skills, which means he or she has difficulty initiating an activity, their play skills will be affected. If they have difficulty maintaining attention to whatever task, their interaction with their peers will be affected. And there are many other examples that I will go over in upcoming episodes. So the next thing that needs to be considered is the child's age. It's really not recommended to start treating developmental articulation issues before the age of three because the child is still learning how to coordinate the movements in his or her mouth. Unless, of course, the errors are due to, as I mentioned before, low muscle tone. 
that muscle tone can then be addressed earlier since that will also be likely likely coupled with drooling and reduced labial movement, movement of the mouth, movement of the lips, movement of the tongue. And this low tone may also in turn be affecting their ability to effectively manage foods and liquids depending on, their, on the severity. Then we get into feeding issues. So some children demonstrate difficulty feeding since birth, affecting their ability to latch on effectively for breasts or bottle feeds. And some babies that had medical complications at birth that required tubes to be used for feeding or babies that suffer from reflux may exhibit from heavy reflux, may exhibit an aversion to various types of consistencies. There for sure will be those babies that grow out of it. However, you have the other extreme of babies that, well, that will become either very picky eaters, affecting their nutritional intake and possibly the muscles in the mouth. And then, like I said, you have the extreme cases of those children that won't eat at all. And they'll require, they're going to be required to have a tube to be placed in order to make sure they're getting their nutrition and hydration. So feeding issues can also be a result of the low muscle tone, the low oral muscle tone. This issue of feeding is going to be broken down more in an upcoming episode. So all of this information that I explained touches on the different aspects of speech, language, and feeding skills. You have the interaction skills, the play skills, engagement, social skills, comprehension and expression of language and articulation. If you have a question that you would like for me to help you with, you can pay a small fee of $5 through Venmo to at Superior Speech Podcast. Then email me at Diana at superiorspeech.com and I will reply within three days. And like I said earlier, I will provide you with helpful information and may possibly use your questions in an upcoming episode to elaborate more on that issue. So I am definitely looking forward to communicating with parents or even teachers or students in order to provide as much guidance as I can. I look forward to hearing from you soon.